0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster podcast. Uh, we have a special guest today, a new staple to the show, Mary. You see her right over there somewhere, wherever Justin decides to put her. Um, so she's going to do a little drive-by with some Service Monster stuff because you're going to see more of her eventually in the training videos that we have coming out with a new rebuild of our help system. We hope you are enjoying that. That is her handiwork. And so uh, we're very pleased to have her as part of the team Uh, and even more so as part of the podcast. We're going to dive into some changes with the new mobile app. You guys got uh, a pretty big update with over or close to 100 trackers and a multi-view on the schedule screen. Uh, So that's pretty awesome. Um, 6.5 is coming out. 6.5.2. We won't dive too deep into that but we will touch on a couple interesting smug posts but before we get to all of that adam what are we talking about today
1: yeah so last week on the podcast or i guess two weeks if we're going to be you know semantic about it we kind of talked about the hiring process and making sure you're hiring the right people you're building the right culture um kind of that you know Level of of the business, so now we kind of thought it would be a good time to talk about how you can use a commission structure um, to kind of put ownership on the employees to help you on your growth journey. So, Joe, if if you were kind of hiring a new employee, you know, you, you maybe it's your first employee you're getting off the truck. How how does using kind of the commission format? How does that help drive
0: growth? Uh. It, it helps accomplish a couple goals, but I do see this kind of changing. So there's a handful of flavors here. First of all, let's get straight on commissions. Um, commissions are a way to help mitigate risk and to incentivize behavior. If you're using it for anything else, you might want to consider another method. If you do commissions wrong, you could incentivize the wrong behavior. You could be damaging your brand. Um, and if you want to mitigate risk to the point where you're not really treating your salespeople right, you have a big issue potentially there as well. So commissions comes up a handful of times in the bulletin boards throughout the year. You know, what are you guys paying? What do you do? I'm gonna hire my first salesperson, but I'm nervous if he doesn't generate sales, you know, I might not have the money to pay them. And so commissions can be a way to leverage a system to mitigate risk and drive behavior to help scale your business and if you do it prematurely it's going to hurt and if you do it incorrectly it's going to hurt so we wanted to go over kind of the general philosophy of not just commissions but in context of scaling and growing your business and uh, keeping your risk at a minimum and how it works within Service Monster directly. So, a little down the road, when we get past this philosophical part, like why would you consider it? Um, Mary is going to show you guys how to deal with those commission structures within Service Monster itself. So, um, when you do commissions, if I just take the data from what we have with the 500 million that we do a year in invoices through Service Monster, 50% of our clients, or approximately 50%, it's a little over, use commissions. The other 50% don't. They're just paying hourly rates to their people. Um, And you can certainly do that with salespeople or incentivizing your crew through a handful of other ways besides commissions or bonuses or cash. Um, People appreciate that spiff, uh, but I think it's, becoming less and less of a thing. In the 80s, when everyone was chasing the dollar and the yuppie was the thing, commissions were a big deal. And if you were really good, then you would go be a shark somewhere, fly over the country, make a $200,000 in commissions, closing big deals for corporations. I've been in those rooms, I've been those salespeople. So I know how all that works. But as the 90s and especially 2000s rolled in, uh, with the recession, there was a sea change in people's happiness, right? They didn't necessarily consider money to be the first thing they needed to accomplish before they can then go and achieve their happiness. They decided, you know what, there's a lot to be said for just like friends and family and hanging out and being happy. So I don't know if the incentive or the, um, the work ethic now that comes with a highly motivated person through commissions Has the same weight as it used to, but it's still a pat on the back. It's a handshake. It's a way to drive behavior. So, out of those people who do commissions, about 50% of them do a base salary plus commissions. Um, The other pretty much use the base salary as the deal, and commissions are a spiff. You can break your commissions down into the base sale, like what did they call in and what did the client call in and request? Right? Is that commissionable? Maybe to the person on the phone, but not necessarily the technician. Technician can have their own spiffs if they're upselling in the home, and so upsells could have a different commission structure. And if you have more than one person on the truck, who gets the spiff? Is it the junior tech, the senior tech? Do they split it? How does that work? So a lot of things to think about. Um, people who use commissions are typically using upsells as part of their strategy, giving their technicians a little bit more of a bump if they're selling additional items when they're in the home already. So this tries to incentivize increasing the overall ticket size. Hopefully you're not doing that so much that, you know, they've got the gold chain and the smile and they're trying to slick through Mrs. Jones' house and getting the maximum amount of cash they can, right? It's not a cash grab. It should be presented authentically as a, here's uh, how we, we can help you, Mrs. Jones. Like you've got some other things you might not have considered. I want to make sure you're aware of those. Um, and then maybe it's a pitch that we can come back in a couple months. We can take care of them now. You can set up a follow-up. So there's all kinds of ways to kind of play with the language that your technicians are using in the home. And that's going to be more, um, a game like for them if they're getting a little bit of cash as they do that. So, that's kind of the overall, from a risk point of view, it does help if you bring someone in and you pay them a fairly low base but decent commissions, then they're, you're only gonna pay them on the jobs that they sell. But don't try to do a base plus commissions to equal like a $15 an hour salary. Um, that's, you're not gonna get the people that are gonna move the needle if you do that. So. You got to play around with that, like how much you're going to give them per hour versus how much do they get per job? Uh, You know, maybe you give them minimum wage per hour, but you give them 30% of the ticket or whatever, right? And so they can close a handful of deals and make a decent amount of money that way. And you're only growing your business. Keep in mind, lead acquisition is key. If you've got great client retention, you're barely making money on those initial jobs anyways. It's the repeat you're making the money on. And so... If you're having a salesperson who's good at bringing in new leads, then you're going to start really seeing the rewards off that as those clients come back and repeat it later. So, so diving into all of that, how how easy is this stuff to set up in Service Monster, Mary?
2: I would say it's pretty easy. You want to show My us experience. <laughs> a little
0: bit commissions and how all this works?
2: Yeah, totally. So here, let me open up my window. So to walk you through the process of creating a commission, our first step is going to be to hop into our settings here. And then we're going to go into Commission Rates. And here is where we can see our list of commissions that are set up. And we can create a new one by clicking on the Plus New Commission Rate button right here. So here we can enter in the information for our commission rate. So for this example, I'm going to be setting up a commission rate that's both a base sales rate and an upsell rate. Um, So in this case, our employee is working um, or getting paid solely by commission. They don't have an hourly wage set up. So I'm going to just name this base and upsell. And in here, we can then choose if it's going to be a flat rate or a percentage. And so I'm gonna go ahead and switch these over to being percent. Uh, For my base sale rate, I'm just gonna go ahead and set this to, let's say, 23%. Uh, And then for my upsale, I'm gonna set this to being 30%. You can add in a a description. Oh,
0: sorry. A little (laughs) note here on um, what we're typically seeing um these tax rates are often used to um go on top of a base hourly rate which you're doing in some other payroll system you can do an estimated hourly rate on the employee record so that you can calculate your margins on both commissions and their hourly rate or what you're paying them i wouldn't use it as payroll though but for these commission amounts a lot of people get well what should it be that's a big question like well, how much should it be Our data is saying that a base commission is somewhere between 10 and 20%, and that an upsell commission is somewhere between 20 and 35%. So just so you know, those are the ranges that we're seeing in uh, other companies use who use commissions in the system.
1: Yeah, and it's really gonna depend on Industry location. I mean, there's no way you can pin that down to a very specific thing You know if you guys are are new definitely ask, you know The successful businesses around a lot of them will be very kind of helpful in setting you guys up on that but Yeah, I think that's an important we see that question all the time on the boards like how much should I be paying? What 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 percentage should it be and so forth? So you really want to attract that talent without setting yourself
0: up for failure. So Yeah, carry on mary. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, so from here, you can add a description if you'd like, but I'm going to go ahead and click Save. Um, And for the name, you'll want to name it something that you can easily recognize, because our next step is actually going to be assigning it to our employee. So I'm going to go back into the settings and then into Employees and Users. So here I have my list of employees, and I'm going to hop to Bob. Here I'm going to click on their name to open up their employee profile and then going into options. Here we can select the commissions that we want to assign. So you can choose both a technician commission. So that's a commission rate that will be applied when they are assigned as a technician onto a a order or an appointment. Uh, And then we also have a sales rep commission option, which is a commission that will be added if they are assigned as the sales rep for an order. So in my technician box here, I'm going to go ahead and choose the technician rate I just created, which is why it's important that you can easily recognize the name. And then I will click save. And so that commission rate is now attached to that employee. And then to show you how this looks when you go through an order, I am going to hop to my schedule actually to find the order I had set up. And we are going to go through the completion wizard. So the completion wizard is a very easy way to assign commissions onto an order. So to find that when looking at the order page, we just need to click on the complete button So this takes you through all the steps for finishing out an order. So we're gonna quickly go through those, going to save our work order as an invoice. We can go ahead and record the payment. We can update any appointment information if needed. And then we can also go in to assign our commissions. Now, I do have it set up in my Service Monster system to automatically assign commissions. So the system has done this for me. Um, if you don't have this set up, and I'll show you where in your company info you can set that up, all you'll have to do is click on this new commission button right here. And then you'll be able to select the employee it should apply to, as well as you can change the commission level if needed. But then when you click save, that commission will now be applied. And of course I've doubled up here. So I'm gonna go ahead and delete one of those. But yeah, you'll be able to see the um, commission right there.
1: I think it's important to note too, that there's two options. One is the default commission, which is what Mary set up while assigning it to the technician you can have multiple commission rates that you might use in, in, in special circumstances or maybe you have kind of a group commission rate or something like that and that's where you can go into into the new commission rate. you can actually make a commission right on the fly if you really need to um, if you don't have something set up for that so um, the default commission and the auto commission are just saving you guys time
0: you can give them a spiff too right be like look dude do this job on me on saturday i give you an extra 20 bones and then And then you just throw in here and they get their normal commission. Plus, you can throw another one in. It's just a flat rate, right? So it's very flexible. And then you can track this too, making sure that you're putting it on your payroll and that you're issuing those commissions. Mary, how
2: do I do that? Yeah. So I'm going to click done here to complete my order. And then to track commissions, an easy place to do that is to hop into our reports right here, and then we can go under the management option to employee commissions. So this opens up a report where you can see a list of all of your employees that are in the system, the orders commissions have been applied to, um, the amount for the commissions, as well as in this final column if they have been paid or not. If they have been paid, this will say true. If they haven't, it will say false. So on the side here, you can also filter by specific time periods. So using these calendar, so you can hop to specific days for your start and end time. Um, you can filter by paid or unpaid as well as filter by specific employees. So this is a great place to keep track of your commissions, um, see the total amount that's due to each employee. And yeah.
1: That's I awful. think the main thing yeah. too, is when you're, when you're going through this, you want to kind of have a set schedule you might have certain circumstances like joe said when there's like a, an extra thing you might kick in but you want to kind of treat this on like a scheduled basis so that there's that trust level for the employees they know what to expect you know what to expect and and so forth and so whether you're doing this weekly bi-weekly if you're if you're bumping it out to be a monthly thing you can come in here track them as unpaid see what you owe and that's what the report is going to help you you can write the check right for what you owe and then you can go and you can super quickly clean that up, Mary. Why don't you show us that?
2: Yeah, so to mark these as paid in the system, we can go into orders here and select commissions. And then here you'll see a list of all of the commissions that have been applied. And to mark them as paid, all you have to do is check off the uh, relevant orders or commissions and then click mark as paid right here it will automatically change that for you.
0: Good stuff. Um, and yeah, you would obviously, you'd want to do this as part of your payroll, right? As part of your payroll process. So one of the first things that you do there is you run that report. And then when you know that it's in QuickBooks or whatever payroll system, mark them as paid here and you're good to go. And then of course you can see the history and all that kind of stuff too. So very clean process.
1: I have a question. How do you mark an item as commissionable or not commissionable or as an up sale.
2: Yeah, so hopping to your up sale question, if we are looking at an order, and I'll just jump back to that order that I was looking at, turn it back into a work order so I can edit it. Uh, you can mark a item on the order sheet as an up sale by clicking on the line item. And then in its information on the right-hand side here, you can check this upsale box. It will then be marked as an upsale with that little upward pointing arrow. If you want a line item to be marked as commissionable, we can go into our settings and choose products or services depending on what we are looking for. I'm going to go into my services and I'm going to go ahead and pick the service that I want to be looking at. And then on the side here, if it is a service that is commissionable, you can leave this checked. Otherwise, you can click on that so it is unchecked and save. So commission will not be applied to that line item.
0: Boom. Very cool. Uh, One more thing to point out. If you have auto commissions turned on and you have properly assigned it to your technicians, they can see this in the app. And so, and let me walk the business owners here through the reason why we did this, because this applies to you as business owners, because we see you as technicians sometimes too in the use cases. And one thing you guys don't do well is close out your orders in a timely manner. Um, larger corporations or larger companies, even you know, with just a couple trucks, Those technicians can be trained to close those orders out at the end of the job to save the office people all kinds of time. Then you just gotta do auditing once in a while to make sure everything went well. If that's true, the dopamine response they get on that dashboard when looking at their commissions after they themselves have closed out an invoice provides incentive to continually do that. And we've seen that in a big way drive behavior so that technicians and owners in the field are closing out their orders. We made it super easy in the app, but at the same time, if you don't have to do it, you can wait till later to do it, then you just do that. But if you're looking at that dashboard, knowing that not all my cash is on there, then uh, it it provides a good incentive to close it out right then. So, and again, Service Monsters um, metrics, the data, the KPIs are always gonna serve you better when you're doing everything in a timely manner, especially closing out that invoice,
1: yeah, you guys can think of it as kind of best practices, right? If you guys let it go, is it really gonna, you know, in the the world, no. But if you're constantly following best practices, that's where you're gonna find those little efficiencies that are really gonna kind of drive that growth up. And, and one of the really interesting things for me personally, Joe, is when I met uh, with Jay uh, two years ago, I guess well, when I started went up to visit one of our local businesses here. One of the things he harped on the most, I'm pretty sure he mentioned it 10 times in the four hours I was with them, was the ownership that the tech app dashboard gives his technicians. It makes them feel like they're a part of the business. They're not just some grunt who's going out and doing the work. It's like they have an ownership in the business growing, but also have an ownership in their own pocket growing. Right? And so. That's really the behavior that Joe's talking here and why that's so, so critical. So
0: Yeah. Uh, on the flip well, yes, uh, ownership is awesome, especially if you are including them in the larger picture and inviting them onto the journey to help push the ball in the right direction. That takes a certain amount of transparency, right? We have that here at Service Monster. Most of these guys know what's going on, even to the on, onto the general books, because it's not that hard to figure out. But when we open that up, it creates this more collaborative effort. Everybody's willing to you know, push the ball and, and and really be on the team. There's a flip side to that. That, t- that role is called laborer. If you don't want them to be part of your team and you just want them to go do the grunt work, you don't want them to see the totals and you don't want them to try to, They you just want them to go to the property and do the job and then leave. Made services, right? This is a, a big use case for them. Lower non-technical cleaning. Um, yeah, you have that option too. It's called laborer. So when people you know hear that and go, oh, yeah, helps drive incentive, but I don't want them seeing about my business, that's okay. We have a solution for you, too. You um, f- yeah, I was going to say wrapping this guy up. We were probably doing the same thing. Um, wrapping this guy up, uh, this can play into your margins. Um, and so as you're building these commissions, if you're using... Mary, can you jump to the margins on the schedule homepage? page? And uh, there you see in the middle there, margins, go ahead and hover over one of those guys. If you hover over them, they should break down where it's coming from. Now, the vast majority of your guys' expense is going to come in the form of labor. Next, of course, is going to be consumables like juice um, and then depreciation, wear and tear on your gear. So um, you can track all three but labor is going to be the vast majority of where it comes from can you jump into an employee record for me real quick yeah. if you're going to use this effectively you need to set two different um two different subsystems up the commissions that we've been talking about but then when you go into an employee record you also have the ability and i can't see where it's named there isn't it like estimated uh, it's rate per hour the i rate. think what's yeah, it called
2: rate, rate per hour rate Rate per per hour. hour
0: yeah so this is not to be used as payroll i know some systems let you put in a number like this and call it payroll that's not payroll there's too many taxes and liabilities you have to worry about to just make it a simple calculation of dollars per hour and here you go so i would caution that but what we do is allow you to put in the estimated hourly rate for an employee which will be used then to calculate essentially what you're paying them when you're on the job uh, and so you can set that up for each employee. That combined with commissions creates the laborer portion of your expense, which then calculates your margins. So uh, very, very important to know your not only your repeat rate, which I'll always harp on, but your margins of your jobs, too, because if you are making 5% and you try to scale that shit, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to end up losing 5 to 10% of job. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing in business. We're supposed to be making money, not giving it away. So, Adam, did you have anything else you wanted to jump on as as we wrap up this commission thing?
1: Yeah, I think there's two important things to touch on uh, what you're talking about there, Joe. First is, like he mentioned, labor is your biggest cost. Focus on that part of the metric first. We have things set up in inventory. If you guys um, are on the enterprise level, excuse me there. Uh, If you guys are on the enterprise level, you can utilize that to start tracking usage, right? Like your chemical usage, your consumable usage. But if you feel like you're a little bit nervous on making a bunch of changes for you as a manager or someone in your office as a manager, um, focus on the labor side first, and that drives the point of if you're not using one of the, if you're not using the mobile app, you know that's what's going to give you the most accurate numbers because you can check in, check out on the job. Your technicians have all of that and the power um, whether. They're, you know, like a lead technician who's, you know, kind of in charge of a bunch of laborers or they're just, you know, kind of a one-to-one relationship. And they're going out. You can get the actual time they're on that work and you can really, really hone in on what that labor cost is. So
0: That's one thing. You said two things.
1: <laughs> no, I, I kind of merged them together. One <laughs> okay. was you don't have to focus on the inventory side of it immediately if you don't need to because the largest part of it is the labor. And sure. then make sure you're using the mobile app.
0: It's a fine-tuned thing. I mean, you can usually, you know, say your depreciation consumables are somewhere in the neighborhood of 5%, and it's going to get you pretty close. Um, Labor is the big one. That's where almost everything comes from. So unless you're paying just a giant amount for your juice, like, you know, if you're buying a pre-spray at like $500 a gallon or something stupid, then, yeah, but you better make them up for that same somewhere, which means your tickets are extremely high, which means back to the math where it's about five percent so um however you want to work that out all right very good thank you mary that was awesome
2: of course yeah yeah
0: what are we what are we moving on to there mr adam
1: yeah so there's definitely some news on the service monster front um mobile by the time this is out will be out to the public um you know there's multiple features joe mentioned uh, at the at the top almost 100 trackers now that terminology doesn't really mean that much to you guys but just means that there's you know 91 things got uh, addressed right and so we're talking you know a new feature with the multi-route view which is going to allow you guys something uh, oh my god I, I love this this feature uh, i've been wanting it for pretty much since mobile was was incept the inception of mobile um and it's going to allow you guys on the debut select multiple routes at a time. You can easily look at your own routes, the routes you're assigned to. You can easily um, jump to a route tag, right? So any of the carpet cleaning trucks, any of the tile cleaning trucks, so on and so forth. If you've been if you've been tagging those routes, you can jump right to those two and see them all at a glance. See who's available and work right there. Um, another big one, which Really isn't that big, but I feel like a lot of uh, you guys are gonna stop sending Joe hate mail at 11:30 at night. Um, you guys are gonna stay logged in for a week now. Um, the constantly every day you guys kind of logging in, we heard that feedback from you guys, and so it's gonna last longer before you guys have to re kind of authenticate on the mobile front. Um, and then there's just multiple UI UX fixes across the app. We'll have that access for you guys to kind of read up and see what, it, what, what exactly was changed. Um, I highly encourage you guys to do that, but we're excited to get this out to you. It's just that much, you know, that much further polish and, and growth on the mobile side for you guys.
0: I'll on- stay away from version real quick. I'll stay away from version numbers just because we have a new build process and that increments our, um, build numbers, uh, as we go through this kind of, um, testing and verification. And so, We'll just say make sure you're on the latest because <laughs> right now the last production available build was 1.3.0. Um, and so it might be something else by the time this is out. It won't be 1.3.1, 1, we know that. Um, but uh, we have a really cool process to ensure that when it goes out to you guys that it's super clean and not buggy at all. And so um, so during that process, we forces us to increment those build numbers. So until it's in production and available to everybody, I hesitate to give you a build number. I will just say, if you're listening to this, pop over to the Play Store and make sure you're on the latest version.
1: And also double check that uh, what's new. Do you want to go to the homepage really quick for me, Mary? Oh, Yeah. Just show that what's new dashboard. not
0: loading for me that's there uh. dun, 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 dun. yeah three panels rotates through um michael manages this um we do releases so release notes and so forth you're going to want to check that out um important blog posts obviously the industry uh covid report that we do on the monthly basis we make that available um and the actual um podcast itself so A lot of that information can be had there
1: yeah we really just want to drive our communication to you guys particularly on the release notes it hurts us when there's a great new feature out that doesn't you know reach your desk so to speak and so we're we're constantly trying to improve that communication to make sure you guys know about the new feature sets know about the new items and so forth so Check on there because we'll have, you know, release notes, full release notes for mobile because you're only allotted a certain amount on, on the Play Store for both mobile and desktop. You guys can see exactly what's getting changed, what's been fixed, what's new, and so forth. So highly encourage you guys to take a look at that. Speaking of which, on a desktop, I've had a couple of small hotfixes. Again, you can read those in, in the release notes. Um, uh, nothing, you know, major to the point where you guys should, uh, you know, be having the world thrown at you as far as on smug, but uh, you guys have probably noticed that there are a bunch of additional help links within service sponsor now. We've really been driving kind of allowing you guys to find answers when you have a question on something. Um, Mary can hover over one right now. I, I can see it, it's right there. So each of the sections of, of the navigator have a help link and a lot of the pages have a help link, which she's showing you right there. And that's part of what she's been hard at work on um, the whole new home or the whole new help site uh, is really it's much improved over what we have before and we're really trying to give you guys the help and answers that you guys need when you need them so
0: i'm super excited by the launch of this project and then the integration of the help into service monster direct uh, for those of you in the podcast um little help icons with uh, a question mark with a circle around them they're what you're gonna to want to look for on pages. They're in the upper right hand corner. In the sub-menu of any of the sections on the left hand side, there is a link on the bottom, which goes to a general section help. From there, you can jump to a whole bunch of different topics within that section. So um very cool stuff. Um, Mary's been hard at work. We've done a lot of textual implementation to kind of get the platform and the framework and the communication between the help and the product dialed in. And now she's gonna be start um, making videos, both lessons within the app, you guys have seen those probably, and then more pointed help videos like what Stephanie used to do, if you remember stephanie we miss her she we hope she's well um but ideally same thing uh mary is going to be able to tackle that project and and get that out and she's an excellent youtuber so i'm excited to get all those done yeah um other news is 652
1: is nearing launch um we're you know, I don't know if it'll be out right when this podcast is released, but within within the week, sometime within that a time frame, you guys are going to have 652 coming your way on the desktop. Um, we've talked about the main features with, with account tags. Really easy way to set those up, both on the account level and running marketing reports or marketing campaigns targeting those, right? Um, there's a whole new uh, account overview page, which is uh, it's phenomenal. Um, Joe and I have been putting in tons of work on this new page. We really want to kind of drive that to be the new home when you're on the account rather than the details tab. So you guys will see what I mean when it's out, and hopefully it's something that uh, everyone gains some, some efficiencies at when they're, when they're working it. Lastly, self-import improvements. Um, some of you guys might have used a self-import tool. It's not very intuitive. Um, you know, we, we, it's something that we kind of put in from our point of view where we understand what the tools are, what the fields are and so forth. But um, it's drastically improved. And what's, what's the best part of this, Joe?
0: Man, well, if you're already a Service Monster user, you, you, this might not, not be great for you, like you won't care. But for us, it's phenomenal. It's the ability to have themselves connect to QuickBooks Online and do an import. Click, click, bang. Um, And so from a business owner's point of view, I have a use case that I fantasize about, which is they come into the site, they go to the trial, they sign up for Service Monsters trial, they complete that process, they browse around for a little bit, they figure out that they can try this import real quick, they get their data over from QuickBooks Online, and all the dashboards and reports and everything just light up. And uh then they give us our credit card. So um that's pretty much it. So uh I'm I'm excited to get this out. David's been working on it in a long time and, and uh that first time I see that trace route go through and I'll be really that'll be a happy day for me. And then we'll move on.
1: <laughs> and the really interesting part about this is if you guys screw up, because you know some of you guys maybe not may not be wizards at cleaning up an Excel sheet or something like that. screw up there's a quick little undo button essentially so um, we're really excited about that whole kind of pipeline so Um, the other big piece of news is a lot of people might not be aware or maybe I think more have become aware in the last couple of weeks but the huge convention on the uh, pressure washing and the window cleaner side of things um, was initially canceled and then they moved to kind of a virtual platform Now, Joe, we're still kind of deciding whether or not we want to go, but uh, do we have like a question you want to pose to maybe our viewers
0: here? Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys tell us, should we attend that thing? Like, engage, Uh, make some comments on some posts or send us emails to marketing at servicemonster.net if it's something you think we should attend. Um, We've certainly done the physical huge convention a number of times. There's a couple of trade shows that, you know, we've gone to traditionally through the 17 years we've been around, um, obviously with COVID, like we're not having trade shows for the most part. There's a couple people trying to force the issue. Um, sure. I get it. Like there's money on the line, but, um, I don't think service monster is going to be attending a physical trade show anytime in the near future. So this virtual stuff is interesting, but it's so new and Let's be real for a second here. And, and this is no knock against that. I love that. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Um, it, I've been trying to get associations to adopt a more digital presence for a decade, right? I sat on the board of the IICRC to help them market and create both the um, trade show that was supposed to happen that never happened. And the marketing plan to get them caught up with the 20th century, which never happened. So um, they, you know, for a year and a half, basically, I was like, I created all these plans and, you know, put together these guidelines, and they didn't follow none of it. So, wasn't surprising. And this is the same thing repeated over and over and over again by, you know, ARICS, uh, you know, I mean, you name the UMACC, so on and so on and so on. You throw the alphabet soup out and you'll find a bunch of boomers who are unwilling to adopt technology until COVID, because now they can't make money on their big trade shows anymore um, unless they do something virtual and ags brandon's team just knocked it out of the freaking park i mean he had the author from emith there for crying out loud they had like a great lineup of speakers they had Thousands upon thousands of service providers show up to that three-day event. Um, and it was all virtual. And there was a lot of good stuff from it. It was amazing. So um, that's obviously going to be a more new normal. And those who can adapt and do it well, it's going to be great. Right now, I suspect, in general, it's going to be a shit show. Like you, Most people won't know what to do, what to expect, what to download, what room, who's speaking, when, when to click what, what. How do they have, you know, is there a way to do a virtual hall where you can choose to go have a conversation with a vendor? Like, I think I can envision the end game, and that's pretty exciting. I suspect it's going to take us about four or five years to get there. Um, And so, do we want to put horsepower in it? Well, the only reason why we'd want to put horsepower in it is to engage and interact with you guys. So if you want us to make ourselves available other than the uh, you know fifty thousand other ways we make ourselves available tell us tell us whether or not you think we should go so again send us an email comment in the post uh hit me up on dm whatever don't care just let us know do you think we should go to the huge virtual convention
1: very cool um it kind of wraps up the new side of things. So we, I think we can jump into what will likely be the shortest, uh, entre Joe post we have on here for a while. So I'm excited <laughs> for that. No, I'm totally, totally kidding. Um, this is kind of an important one cause it, it rang true to me, uh, kind of conversations you and I have pretty constantly, Joe. Um, but also mm-hmm. to all of you guys. So always remember that you are not your client. You have to pretend you're a 25 to 55 year old homeowning female with kids and or pets. The dress is optional, Entree Joe. So what does that kind of mean to you as a business owner or for just business owners in general, Joe?
0: Um, Well, first of all, that joke was a lot better when 90% of our audience was male dominated, right? Carpet cleaners, window cleaners, pressure washers. Now that we have a lot more maid services um, and I'm seeing a lot more female ownership even in the, the other more traditional technical cleaning side of the world. They're already wearing dresses. They're already the 25 to 55-year-old homeowning female. You're still not your client. Ladies and gentlemen, you're entrepreneurs. You think differently. It's a whole different game. What you're trying to do is sell your services to someone who thinks that you are of value and they're willing to pay you for it, not someone who's trying to live a semi-luxurious life luxurious lifestyle and not really able to afford it and so they're trying to talk your price down. Um, That's not what you want to do. So, What you do have to do though, always, and we've been preaching this at Service Monster as we've really dived into paying attention to our clients to a whole new level, is um, putting yourself in your clients' shoes. Understanding where they're coming from, being sympathetic and empathetic to their needs and the target demographic that you're trying to hit. Obviously you can say, well, my demographics, you know, um, higher end homes, or I do a ton of value cleaning, like whatever your niche is, you just have to understand that individual person, homeowner, commercial uh, real estate holder, whatever it is. Most people don't do that. Most people don't do it enough. Most people think they do it and uh, and then they fall apart when their opinion or ego gets in the way. It shows up really quick when you're talking about marketing materials. So if you're developing a website or a postcard, you're going to do what you like. That's dumb. Again, you are not your client. What you need to do is understand the demographic of your client and produce content and ads and copy, which will speak to them. Uh, we did a whole thing on Story Brand, which was awesome. Michael helped break the, that down a couple podcasts ago. I would encourage you to uh, go check that out. But ultimately, you know, this, this comes at all levels. If you can get all of your people in your company to really sit down and close their eyes and envision your client and what their agenda is and what their motivations are and what drives them and what makes them happy. Then you will deliver a much better experience to your clients. We, as an oh shit, me as an engineer for thirty years now, I've had to really um, help other people through this. Uh, uh, engineers will often have problems putting themselves in their customer's shoes or the user's shoes, which is why a lot of software is just not great. Not until you get a specialized um, user interface guru someone who actually can put themselves in the shoes of the user and develop something that's clean and simple and easy to use and and i we're staring at a screen right now which is a perfect example of this randy one of our more talented back-end engineers shouldn't be allowed to create ui <laughs> now we do add a necessity sometimes right everybody's got different skill sets and, and randy's fine i'm just making fun of him but um the, the next version of this import screen is just more intuitive. It's easier to use. It's got better options, the rollback features and you know uh, letting you know what's going on. So um, a lot more feedback. So this, this is a, a big point for us that we always harp on, but it's very important for you as well because if they can if your technicians and your office people and yourself can continually remind yourself to look through the world through your customers' eyes, that's going to help modify your behavior and give that client a better experience, they're more likely to refer you, and so on and so on that goes.
1: Fun fact about, uh, I love the bit you're talking there about the uh, marketing side of things, because you always wanted like, oh my God, I love blue, we should
0: make it blue, and it's like, wow, oh, I'm yep. um But
1: <laughs> Asteroids,
0: the- bloods and asteroids, how many postcards <laughs> are like red and, and black? It's like, dude, that is not the demographic. You're like, 16 year old boys, what are you doing? Yep. <laughs> Just throw some dinosaurs on there.
1: Um, But yeah, the uh, kind of the fun fact, the saying, the customer is always right. has been totally mangled and misused at this point. What that saying was first about is, you know, if, if you have customers coming to you and they're like, I want to buy a green Cadillac. That's all they want. Every customer in that town wants to buy a green Cadillac. And the dealership is just like, the cars are hideous, but. The customer is always right that's what we've got to get it's the same idea right like what they're telling you they want and again obviously you guys want to make sure you're in the right demographic make sure you guys are building what you want but it's that idea of you know you need to be listening to them
0: and let me make a distinction there because some people get that all hosed up and, yep. and even some business owners that have been through the fire get kind of aggravated and like bullshit. customers always right I think instead of your frame of reference being the portion that focuses on whether they're right or not, focus on the definition of customer. Because not every customer has to be your customer. They can be someone else's customer. In which case, you can filter right by who's right in the target demographic you want to go after. It does not mean that the customer uh, allow, is allowed to say, no, I'm only going to pay you half. I'm the customer. I'm right. Get to work. Uh, that, that's not what we mean. And, and when they go crazy, so there's just some customers that are batshit crazy. Like, there's just no way around it. They're not right. Obviously, they're not right. So when we, when we really talk about that, we're focused on the perfect customer for you, all things being equal. They're, they're, um, mature, responsible adults and that what they're trying to tell you, you should be listening to because those clients or copies of those clients are really what you want through your business anyways.
1: Well said. Moving right along. We're down here in the wonderful world of smug. We have a post here from David and uh, this one's come up a couple of times. So we kind of wanted to, to just touch on it again um looking at his schedule and the totals calculated above and kind of asked, oh yeah <laughs> like what's what's the issue going on these totals aren't matching up um yeah. so joe do you want to kind of chat about that for a sec
0: yeah um real quick here's the algorithm okay if you have more than one job on an order most likely it's going to split that order up amongst each of the jobs you have a $300 job, or sorry, and I should be using appointments, and you guys need to call me on that. Oh, uh- <laughs> Mary was killing it. She's like, appointment, appointment, appointment. And I'm like, oh, yeah, go, Mary. Now, here I am, job, job, job. Um, okay, let me start over. So we take the number of appointments scheduled against an order and break the order up for each of those appointments. So if you have a $300 order, and two appointments. Each appointment will be accredited for $150. And so if you have that order, or rather that appointment on your schedule, on a route, it will show the amount it's responsible for, or will go that towards the total. There is one exception to this rule, and that is an appointment with an appointment type of estimate. So this is not placed into the calculation, of your daily totals and that, uh, or it won't break it up, right? And so if you have a, an estimate as an appointment against a $300 order, for the day the estimate appointment is on the schedule, that won't go into that daily total. The next job with an appointment type of work, that one will take the credit for the full $300. If you have another appointment, which also has the appointment type of work, those two work appointments will get split and they'll be $150 accredited to each of them. So it is working, right? You don't have to sit around grumbling about how it's not working right. Best lest go click the help button and go figure out what the heck it's doing. Because I think we talk about it a little bit and, and you can go figure that out. So that's what that's all about. Um Most people are okay with that. We got here off consensus. So um, a lot of people helped us in the general opinion of what it should look like by default. I do believe uh, as we move forward, we're gonna start giving you more configurable options with some of these dashboards and KPIs. So like the appointment booking, for example, you may be able to control what routes show up there from that vector of settings within that dashboard itself. Likewise, with this dollar total, um, we're talking about extending a set of uh, fields available to you so you can control the algorithm. Which appointment types should we leave out? Which order types should we leave out? Should we split them up? Should we just accredit the latest? Like, you can tell us uh, what's going on there. So, all this complication really comes down to the ability to have more than one appointment against an order. Because all of our competitors, they consider order and appointment to be the same. It's called a job. And that's not what we do. You can break it up so that you can do an estimate, then a work, and then rework, or multiple teams if you have to do a big project. And it allows you to clump all that together, get the hourly rates for all of that, and make sure that that job is being accounted for appropriately. So I hope that clears that up a little bit. Perfectly.
1: Um, The next one was something that I wanted to touch on because it is resolved in the latest uh, Mobile Fix. A couple of users um, who are all on iOS talking about, hey, I'm only able to upload five images at a time, which is really something that I didn't realize. I don't use iOS. Joe, you don't use iOS. Um, We obviously have iOS phones in the QA process, but that's a pretty easy thing to never really come across in your standard kind of uh, workflow. And there's actually a setting on Apple's end where they limit the amount of uh, images you can set at a time. So we cranked the limit up to 30 at a time. So any of you guys who maybe take more images on on the job, so to speak, um, you know, you guys can do that much more quickly now. Should just be a one-step process. So, yeah, you know, that's all I got for you in Smug. And I think that's a wrap on my end.
0: Mary, would you like to say hello or goodbye or...
2: No? Yeah, I mean check out the help links. I'm really excited about the help page being up. So if you're ever on a page and you're like, I don't know what's going on here, check it out. See what see what the help page can help you out with.
0: Um, Do we have an onboarding email?
1: You mean like a, like a specific email address? Mm-hmm. No.
0: We might want to consider it, I I guess, send it to marketing at servicemonster.net. But if you guys have any suggestions about our help, we would love to hear what you guys think. So, um, you know, if if you're someone who prides themselves in in knowing what good help looks like in general, then I would love to hear from you. Mary would love to hear from you. Adam would love to hear from you. Um, Go play around with that because we really want this to be an amazing and fully comprehensive uh, self-help system, both the help and the lessons, embedded lessons within the product itself. So we still have a lot of work to do, but we've got the baseline down and I, and I really like it. Like the, seriously, we had like five different help sites for all the different kinds of things that we do. And it, it was a mess, absolute mess. And and for a while now, we even moved one off to a net subdomain, which freaked people out just because of the name old, another Randy decision. <laughs> i just going to poke him, poke him, poke him. Um, so that, that that wasn't great, um, but it was old. The intention was we are moving to new. It just took us a little while and then COVID and all that good stuff. So um, now we have a full on help.servicemonster.net It's the only help site. Um, it'll support mobile as well when we're all done. I think we got it like a single page on there now. Um, videos, lessons, in-app training, all of it. So... Take a look, play with it, and then let us know what you think. Again, comments, emails, however you want to communicate, whichever is easier for you. All right, guys. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your attention today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and we've brought you some value. I know it was a little Service Monster heavy, but hey, like 90% of our listeners are Service Monster users. So there you go. And until next time, be safe and enjoy.